This episode of the Chai Lounge has been sponsored by Ms. Cube. Ms. Cube is a compact live streaming device that brings the azan and lectures from your local masjid live into your home. Assalamu alaikum and welcome back to another episode of the Chai Lounge. I have with me on today's episode, Fuzana Sibda, also known as the Chai Queen of Joburg. Fuzana, assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Chai Lounge. I'm so, so happy that you're my guest for today. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited about this new venture of yours. And you call it the Chai Lounge, which is obviously, I'm getting goosebumps. Yes. Uh, alhamdulillah. I just need chai. <laughs> yeah, I should have brought. No? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm having one of those Mondays. How are you? How, are you? How have you been doing? Uh, alhamdulillah, I'm I'm one day at a timing at the moment. Sure, life is challenging, Safira. But I had to come and spend some time with you, my friend. Because yes. when you said you were accredited for Hajj. And you started freaking out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And you know, Hajj is my favorite topic. Yes. So I drove all the way from Panoni for this. I brought my podcast. I had it in the car. That's wonderful. Yeah. How did Hajj change your life? I can't tell you when, how, what. Mm. It happened on this day. It happened at this time. The change has been... Hajj is not the journey. The journey it's only the beginning of your journey. How you change and what you change about yourself... I can't say that I wanted to do a hijab or I wanted to be less aggressive or I wanted to be less cheeky and less rude. It just comes. You ask Allah to keep you close to him, to protect you, to guide you. And I remember in Azizia after Hajj, mm. I said, Ya Allah, this can't be, this can't be everything. Yeah. I said, Ya Allah, I've completed my Hajj. This is the most fantastical experience of my entire existence. Yeah. But what now? Yeah. And only a few months later did I realize that my journey only began when we got back. Really? From Mina, from those camps. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, I make mistakes every day. I'm still as rude. <laughs> I swear less, but I'm still as rude. I'm, but I'm more confident in what I want. I have so much anxiety. I fear Allah more every day. I fear doing wrong. When you ask Allah to give you Hidayah, mm. it just comes. There's no, there's no like a thing I'm going to change and I'm going to change. Yes. It's not going to happen because we are human beings. Yes. But when you are constantly striving and Allah sees you doing that, he helps us and none of us can be perfect. We all Definitely. have our problems and our mistakes and whatever, whatever. But Safira, it's challenging, but it's so worth it. The feeling that you feel every morning when you wake up and you, you, you read your duas and mm-hmm. you say, Yala, Tawakkal to Allah every day, every morning. It's a different different feeling to what you felt before Hajj. Really? It's a whole new world and a whole new life you're living. It's different. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. I really wanted to get you on this episode because when I met you the first time, I just felt like I'm vulnerable and real with very few people. Mm. And I just felt like this. You're almost like a big, you have big sister energy. <laughs> you definitely yeah. have big sister energy. Probably my age. You know, I'm really? like 47 this year. Uh, mashallah. Yeah. So in another thing that we uh, we bonded about, I think that one of the best cups of tea was it uh, Style of yeah. Chai Chao. What yeah. a cool cup of tea that was. Yeah, Style of was amazing. We bonded so well and we met such wonderful people there. And I think, you know, when we, we're all starting something new and we stand together and yes. we help each other, that, that builds friendships, that builds sisters. That's and amazing. The, and I really wanted you here because I feel like I love your energy. I love Aww. it. <laughs> and another thing that we really bonded about is the love for food. How mm. how did you get into food and cooking and and making chai? 
You know, uh, my mother and my family are constantly on my sister in my case. You know, my sister is Arisa. She's like, I've got two educated daughters and they both ended up making tea. Like, what's the odds of that happening? It's the Indian dream. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I like who, you know, who gets up every day and says, oh, today I'm going to make chai. You know, no, that's not, that wasn't the dream. The dream was different. If, I think with my life, my life has been so chaotic and so erratic uh, and so many different, every, every few years something different happened. And the entrepreneurial gene that we have, you know, my family's been in business. My dad was an amazing businessman. My mother is just like phenomenal. I'm an accountant. Mm. Uh, I worked always with small businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentored. I still do training for entrepreneurs. So that's where I get my energy and where I like to share. And I like to share skills and experiences. And, uh, you know, my age, I'm give, I gave, told you my age, I'm 47 now. So I love, you know, giving away some of those skills that I've learned. So the chai thing happened. I went to Sri Lanka on holiday. You guys mm. know the story. I wanted to sell tea. The chai just became a marketing tool. Mm. And uh, that became something so popular. And uh, obviously now I've started honing my marketing skills. Mm. You know, thanks to people like you, I started learning more and how to get out there and being more so of a socialite kind of. But I didn't really yeah. like it. But I, I was becoming more of it. And yeah. I realized, okay, now I, I love this. You know, I'm doing well at this. And from chai, people were saying we need something to eat with the chai. Mm. So I grew up, you know, the way we grew up yeah. back then, girls didn't have that many choices. Yes. Uh, my dad, in fact, I, I was really a brilliant student. I did all straight A's. My dad said girls must cook and bake and sew. So mm -hmm. when I got accepted to university, we were living in Cape Town. He's like, there's no way you're studying. I won't pay for it. I will disown you if you go to university, right? Well, um, no, it was okay. At the yeah. time it was like all yeah, very yeah, dramatic, yeah, yeah. but you know, a last plan, the puzzles, you know, the puzzles will start fitting, yes, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I was like, okay, so I, I started cooking and baking, I think probably when I was 11 or 12. You know, we come from that old school environment. Yes. My mom is a brilliant cooker. Her sisters, my dad's sisters, my dad himself was just a brilliant. Is that the Alipur cheese? Like, I don't know what it is, man. My mom's not Alipur the way. Uh, my mom's a Suti, she's a Borat. Uh, but her sisters are like amazing with food and, you know, my, and everybody, everybody was like perfection, perfection. Yeah. We really didn't grow up with all of this freedom that our kids have. Mm. You know, we just had to do what we were told, like get in the kitchen. Okay, fine. I'm going. And there was no like, ooh, ah, blah, blah. No pulling your face. You had to be there. So I remember cooking from a young age, baking, learning desserts, lots of, you know, we did everything. Mm. So when I completed metric and I did really well, dad said, no, I, I said, okay, fine. I'll go and do fashion design. Okay. So I did that. I could make clothes. I could design my own clothes. Wow. I could sew my own clothes. Uh, it was in Cape Town. We were living in Cape Town at the time. And then, uh, obviously, my, you know, I, my chitterbug, uh, I was like, no, man, this is not working out. Like, okay, maybe I'll open a factory one day and sell garments and, you know, manufacture. Yeah. But like, I don't see myself doing this. You know, it's like, it's like just one on one with a person. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, it was very glamorous, yes. you know, fashion yes. shows and modeling and, but it just wasn't me, right? So during that year, my dad went away, he got he remarried. And um, I think my sister was born around that time. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like 16 years older than her, big sister vibes, you know. My mom wasn't well. I get that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's why I am the way I am because of her. Yeah. So uh, my cousin came to Cape Town okay. and he got accepted at UCT. And he was like, why don't you go with me and let's just check the vibe out. And he was going to stay with us. And uh, I said, okay, fine, let's go. And then while we were there, um, I met another a friend of mine and said, you did so well at Varsity. Why don't you just register again? It Registration then wasn't so hectic like it is now yeah uh, because i did get accepted at all the universities when i completed metric so anyway i went with him i was like okay fine let's fill in the documents they said okay fine you you you, you registered and you, and you can come to university and uh i found myself at university first year bcom the following year 
I did the whole, my mom had a business selling naan and savories and all of that. I used to help her with it. She got really ill. Mm-hmm. So I took over the naan side of it to supply the cafes, uh, Avalon and can't remember the other one in Rylands. Uh, yeah, I get goosebumps thinking about it. It was good times. Eh? Really? Yeah, yeah. And then I used to make eat orders for people and, you know, baking naan. And you doing all of this before even going Be- to Before, visit. before, yeah. before anything, you know. So that was my spending money for yeah. university and clothing and food and whatever. I had a, I had a uh, bursary with the Alipur Association. So it was just okay. like I needed money f- to get there and get books by. and whatever, whatever. And I worked at the library at UCT. I had a really brilliant experience working and studying and it was a lot, I think. I think our kids, like my daughter always says to me, mommy, I could never do what you do because she's 25. And she's like, mm-hmm. you already had two kids at my age. I was like, yeah, we were like, you know, rolling at your age. I already had a business at your age oh and my. two kids. You guys don't even know which direction you're going. You're still finding yourself. So we grew up, I think, with a lot more responsibility. Mm-hmm. So the cooking was there. The baking was there. Now I went to university. So all these years I've been doing accounting and I always wanted to go into business. So when I started the tea thing, the tea thing led to Chai and Chow. Mm. And Chai and Chow pop-up led to the restaurant. And my love for cooking has always been there over the years because I was a single parent with five kids. And my the way I would, uh, you know, express myself crea- yes. creatively, creatively, I can't say the word you say, creatively, <laughs> there we go. And just to get away from my stress, I would cook and I would bake and I would do all of these things, you know, and... Mm. And, and it never needs to be an either or. No. Uh, you're a homemaker or a career woman. You no. can be both. Yes, you can. You can. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll tell you, like, you know, I used to feel very insecure about yes. who I was and I was single and I was married so many times and, you know, all of that. But now when I look back at it, I, alhamdulillah, with the help of Allah, I my life was not easy. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have time to complain about it. Yes. And people nowadays complain about their lives. But we... We had a, we had a structure. We had a family structure. Uh, I worked during the day. My family, we had family meals every night. I came home. I cooked a meal for them. We had our family dinners every single night. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids went to school safely. They did well at school. They, they, they excelled. So it's about you a woman. You got to do this. Allah gave it to you. Mm-hmm. Take it. There's nothing you can do. You can't leave it. Mm-hmm. So you have to do what you must do. Exactly. You know, and Alhamdulillah, it all worked out great. And now I'm cooking again. <laughs> so you like have the chai and chow. You're doing the accounting. You're doing mm. so much. Is there any, you just want to keep pushing. I, I know you just started a page as well. Oh yeah. Okay. So is there, is there something that fuels your need to constantly be doing things and excelling at things? I, I think maybe um, it's my constant need to, to be better. Really? Um, I don't know if it's a psychological thing or mm. if it's just, Allah telling me you can do more. Mm. Uh, I did not have the last two years have not been easy for me. Uh, if I cry during this interview, just send me a petition here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last two years have been so hard. It's not been easy. But uh, maybe it's my need to express. Maybe it's my need for healing. Maybe it's my trauma. Uh, I found that since we're back from Hajj, mm-hmm. uh, Quran, Quran has been my 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 what's the word peace really it's my time with Allah mm. I spend a, a, a lot of time reading Quran because I find that Allah speaks to me okay. I'm not I'm not even exaggerating Safira you're going to speak to me we're going to have an interview next next year this time I'm interviewing you yes okay yes, you're going to tell will. me your experiences of course I find that as I'm reading Quran the things that I'm nervous about things I have anxious or have anxiety trauma whatever I'm overthinking about Allah sends me solutions since we're back from Hajj, Allah has shown me truth. 
about people, about things, about reality, about my life. And all I've done my entire life is chase dunya, mm-hmm. chase. I have to, I have to feed my family, which I get rewarded yes. for. That is so up, right? Yeah. But I need to build an empire. I need to have lots of money. I need to have a fancy car. I don't even own a car now. Mm. I'm borrowing a friend's car. I, I, I couldn't care less. I stopped buying designer clothes. I stopped buying, okay, shoes. I still buy a mm. decent pair of shoes because I work. I'm on my feet all day. But like, like I couldn't care less about a fancy handbag. If you show me jewelry, I'll be like, Bleh. you know, I don't really care. Things have changed so much to the point where I've spent, since Hajj, since we're back, uh, I enrolled in some Islamic courses. I did two mm-hmm. last year. I'm busy with a diploma in Sira now, and I'm doing um, uh, Quranic Arabic as well. So my focus where it was, my focus where it is now, I still have families to support. I still have to feed myself and my kids. I Now I have like staff that I've got to take care of. But the focus is different. The focus is pleasing Allah for the pleasure of Allah. What caused that shift? Is it just Hajj or is it all the difficulties, the trauma, the challenges? Can we say it's a... It's everything together. Really? It's everything that Allah puts in your life. The good, the bad, the challenges, the work, the family, the kids, your extended family, your friends. Mm-hmm. Everything is one bubble of your life. Really? Things from, I, I met people on Hajj that I went to school with. You know, mm-hmm. my closest friends at school became my Hajj, my Hajj friends when I was having all of my Issues on Hajj and mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, uh, lots of people fight on Hajj and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be very blunt with you yeah. when I had the, uh, had it like it was bad, uh, from Arafat to Mustalifa. I ended up working with people from Azadville and I lived in Azadville. And when we came back, we realized that these girls, I knew their parents. Mm. So the puzzles, the puzzles all started fitting. Um, so Allah puts everything together in your life. Yeah. And pushes you to where you need to be. I'm here now. It's not a coincidence. Mm. Everything is Allah's plan. Yes. Nothing is by your plan. Nothing is by your design. Yes. Every choice I made, I made by myself. And every hardship I endured is because Allah wanted to teach me what I needed to learn to be where I am now. So my closeness to Allah comes from my tears, my happiness, my joy, my kids, my work, my friends. Mm. People like, you know, people we meet, the daily encounters, every single thing put together is where you are now. So my closeness to Allah is because I've realized I only have you, Ya Allah. Because mm. when I was walking alone from Muzdalifa to, from Arafat to Muzdalifa, I, I'm not even exaggerating. I heard Allah say to me, why are you relying on a human being when I took care of you your entire life? And I'm going to cry now. Cry. And it happened to me not once. It, it, it was, I was alone, Safira. Alone. I felt so alone. And, Allah will test you with your greatest fears. That's what I realized. I don't know if other people on Hajj had that same experience. Allah will test you. That's why I said to you earlier, prepare yourself mentally. That OCDs that we all have. Yes. Yo, the first day I got to Az- Azizia, I was like, I cried. Eh? I was really? like, oh my God, you have to stay in this place. <laughs> and I was crying. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to stay here. <laughs> and then I read to Rakatsala and I said, Yala, I know you. I'm here because you put me here. Please just sort this thing out. And Alhamdulillah, it got sorted out and... Allah will say, like, okay, let me see how badly you want this hajj. How badly do you want to change? How bad? And I mean, Safira, I have done so many bad things in my life. And every day I read istighfar and I think to myself, how did I get there? This is how I feel. Do you understand? You know, there's so many millions of people in this world. Yeah. And I know how flawed I am. Yes. And I'm being called. Will I do justice to this? Will I be able to fulfill the amanat that is being an ambassador for the Ummah at Hajj? Now, the fact that you're saying that already, 
you understand that that already is one part of your hajj that you're getting to um i, I it's like you sit and you think about everything in your life everything will come to you while you're there oh my god safira you're going to meet people that you never seen in like 20 years and you'll be like how did you end up here like you know i was just thinking of you and you're like yeah, yeah. um everything in your life will start making sense i fo- i found that for me i think maybe because i'm older mm. for me i feel like it was you know people talk about turning point a turning point yes. you're like wonder what are they talking about yeah when you feel it you'll know what you're talking about really when you experience it when you when you yourself ask allah for the right changes through your hajj because remember all your duas will get accepted yes. you already are hajj because you accepted your accreditation and your challenges from now okay has it started already yes. <laughs> trust yeah. trust yes last yes. there was this moment when i'm sitting and we we're sitting outside and we just like you know this there's this challenge that came up mm. and we like what do we do mm. and i said do you think that our pave won't our path won't be paved with mm. challenges everything has been easy thus far mm. and it's the weirdest challenge like it's a challenge that we've never had in mm. 16 years mm. it's a challenge that presented yes. itself mm. and it just comes out of nowhere and I, and, I, and I to turn around and tell shane this is from allah mm. this is definitely from mm. him and he's testing our resolve to yes. see do we really want this are we mm. going to give up at the first point and say defer the hajj defer yeah. the hajj yeah. or we're going to keep going and say yes. inshallah let's go back to the, let's go let's go yeah. forward with this and when we thought about it we reframed it that way we said we're going to do this and yes. we're going to take every challenge mm. and we're going to see the challenge is testing our resolve yes. that's how we're going to look at it yeah. it's it's like uh, i i i'm going to tell you the story of my hajj right uh, we were going to go yeah but we had a fight yeah and then then it got cancelled okay on my birthday oh wow. i was devastated oh my okay so and then i i i waited 10 years and previously i got accredited accredited but i couldn't go because i wasn't married okay so the day after my birthday sauk issued that fatwa that you if you're 46 you can go alone and i was like oh yeah i told 46 yes. then my tears and i was like no i'm going okay you know what i'm going yalla i'm going yeah. you know i had no money safira nothing not even a 5 rand saved because you, you must remember i just opened the restaurant yes. i've got nothing if you ever want to be broke open a restaurant <laughs> um so i i i called the the agent that we originally booked with and he said no um they they don't have a ladies group mm. phone khidmatullawam they normally have an elderly ladies group you could go with them so i phoned spoke to them they were very very good uh he said um i spoke to mohammed darabai and then the few of the ladies and they said no it's fine you can come this is the cost what 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 and i booked it mm. and so abu and i went speaking to each other at that time and so he called me and he's like uh so i was like uh, no he didn't call me i messaged him to say i'm going for hajj mm. okay so you can imagine now like yeah. there was a drama 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 yeah, yeah. right and then i was like see ya whatever you say or do i am doing my hajj yeah. okay you can decide what you want to do whether you want to to come with me or not you want to divorce me or not i'm going for hajj you mm. divorce me i'll have to stay behind but i'm going mm. okay if you have it in your heart i'm going yeah. and then eventually we said okay we reconcile we said we'll go together it was very challenging really? right we had a lot of stuff going on yeah um i had no money yeah. to pay for my hajj yeah right um So you know, zero. zero zero there's no savings there's Zip. no account there's no hedge account nothing nothing zero. nothing because okay. like i just started this business yes. and this business everything. everything was in there my whole soul is in that business you know really? like that right and uh, a friend of mine called me a good friend of mine we went to school together in cape town she's like what's going on uh, and i still do her work uh, her accounting work and she's, i was like i have no idea how i'm going to pay for my hedge 
And alhamdulillah, she put money in my account. She says this is two years of fees up front. But it was not, it was just like, just less than half of the amount, right? And then I was like, okay. And then people were just coming in. Here's a gift for you. This is for you. This is because you help us so much. And I was like, and I don't normally like gifts. I would turn it down. I was like, guys, I do things for the sake of Allah. I don't do things for something in return. And when, when the guys from the mosque came to me and gave me this money and said, this is not for you. It's for your hajj. I took it. I said, Ya Allah, I know this is a gift from you. Mm. In that last week before, uh, before hajj, now I already went over my limit on how to pay and whatever, right? And I was mm-hmm. like, guys, you have to pay with me. I will pay you. I will pay you. And business wasn't great. I went and sold my jewelry. The last two pieces of jewelry I had left. Yeah. I sold it and I was like, yeah, I'm going. And, um, my mom gave me money. My sister-in-law gave me money. My brother gave me money. My sister gave me money. Whatever money everybody had, they just gave it to yeah. me, you know? And Alhamdulillah, I paid for my hajj. Like, I think a week before we were leaving, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, and as much as I can say I had a husband at the time. Yeah. F- unfortunately, we didn't have the relationship where I could say, you pay for me. Yeah. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. While we were on Hajj, Alhamdulillah, he paid everything there, whatever. So it was great. I was very grateful for that. When you're there, nothing matters. Yeah, really? All you want to do is be there. The peace, the calm. Like I even, like my staff used to phone me like, Zana, we have this problem. I'm like, you know what? I'm in a different country. I really don't care. Figure it out. You. That, that was my response every day. Yeah. Uh, I would do my advertising in the morning because you were allowed to do that. Yeah. I, I wasn't like submerged yes, in, yes, in yes. my work. Yes. I did my accounting work. I submitted my clients' returns. All my clients were very understanding. Most of my clients are Muslim as well. And they were like, you just do your hajj. Just do what we need to do for us and the rest you will sort out. Um, and everything just flowed. Um, the people you meet there, the food you eat. Like people are so worried about this. Okay, where are we going to eat? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? I'm, I'm telling you, like, you know, there's times you don't even feel like eating. There's other times where you just want to like, chip, 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 chip. The whole day you just want to eat stuff. Everything is there. Everything is at your convenience. Um, we didn't carry food. I took a bucket of a char though, because I love a char okay. brand. <laughs> I'm going to pack you what today with. Um, we took like biltong, we yeah. took cakes, yeah. you know, that kind yeah. of thing, because people give you gifts. But like we had the best of everything and I'm, you know, I'm fussy with food. Yes. So, and I can't do takeout every day. So no, we were we ordering from the ladies that, you know, I was eating curry kichri and chicken curry and rice and, you know, Damn. that's, that's my vibe. Okay. But I think what I'm getting from this is yeah. that Allah co- it calls you. Allah calls you. He paves the path. When you are there, you yeah. are a guest of Allah Ta'ala. The people there, when you say you are a haji, oh my God, you get a whole new different respect. They really? like will do anything for you because... Every person that assists you to get there gets a reward, mm. right? Yeah. So you just say, I'm a haji, and you get discounts on your clothing, <laughs> okay? Wow. People treat you better. The Arabs love the fact that they can host you while you're on hajj. You are Allah's guest. Everything well? comes to you. Your worries disappear. Yeah, your peace, your peace is just, hey, that peace. When you come back, you're going to... It's a guaranteed thing. You, you everybody goes You're going to interview me when I'm back in charge. I'm, I'm going I'm to make you cry when you come back. I want to talk about something I call chai moments. Yeah. You know, there's moments. Um, when I just moved into my house, my dad had this dining room table made for me. It's mm. it's hideous. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's really tall. It's the wood is scratched. Oh. It's, it's awful. Mm. But it's my table where I sit with my tea. And it's punctuated by the very significant moments. Mm. Like when we're told... There's a possibility I won't have another child. 
or when I lost my granny and I went through the grieving process mm. and my sister would come and we were going through a difficult time mm. and we would just sit on this table. And sometimes you just sit on the table with your head in your hands in your cup of tea and you're thinking mm. to yourself, oh, life is so challenging. Yes. What are your chai moments? Now. <laughs> Do you think you're going to need a whole day for this podcast? <laughs> What's the ones that stand out for you? The challenge right now is to try to fit into the world I'm in now. Yeah. I'm single again. Mm-hmm. I'm somebody's ex-wife again. Mm-hmm. I'm still a mother. I still own a business. Business is really, really terrible at the moment. It's not just, it's, it's just the economy. The, economy yeah. the challenge is to try to stay as close, to pos- as close as possible to Allah Ta'ala and have that faith. That is the biggest challenge. Not to go sideways, not to get sucked into something that you're going to regret. Mm. Um, the challenge is how do I go through life every day without going against what Allah Ta'ala has commanded? That is the biggest challenge every single day. Because everything in this world will still be here. Yeah. You die tomorrow, the stuff will still be here. Yeah. But where am I going? Where am I going? How do but I it's meet? Tough. It's very tough. And you just want to give up sometimes. What do you do in those moments? You read Quran. You cry. A I lot. cry a lot. Like some days I hold my stomach and cry. Like you read Tahajud. Safira Tahajud. My friend. That one. Okay. It's the arrow. Yeah. I can't explain it. Even if I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm like some days I'm like exhausted because I work long hours and then I'm like, oh, this morning as well. I was like, oh, yeah, I have to wake up. It's my time with you. It's my time with you. Because Tahajud is not something I'm setting my alarm for when I get up. There is an invitation again from Allah Ta'ala. I'm giving you that time. Use it. You know? And once you feel that connection with Allah Ta'ala, you don't want to leave it. You you don't want to miss it. Mm. And the days when I do miss it, and I'm like, oh, I missed out today. Like, it's like, you know, when you were younger and you like, you needed to meet somebody in the family because, you know, they were giving you spending money. Mm-hmm. It's that feeling. Really? You know, like, I can't miss this for anything. Got an interesting question for you. Mm. When you're not close to Allah, life seems like almost, not, I wouldn't say perfect, but sometimes mm. it's like, you know, your life is perfect. You say, I need to get closer mm. to Allah. I need to start reading Tahajjud. Mm. I need to be more conscious of my Salah. Mm. When you get closer to Him, the challenges come. Oh, yeah. Always. Always. How do you, like, how do you deal with that? So, so I've struggled over the years. Yeah. We all have. We, we all, all have, struggling. right? I yeah. think we all have. I struggled with my hijab on and off. Yes. Every time I had a husband, okay, no, maybe you should take it off. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, oh, I need to look pretty. I need to look hot and sexy. Let me wear tight clothes. Let me take this hijab off. Let me do my hair. Yeah. Let me, you know, shaitan. Mm. Shaitan is everywhere. Shaitan is with us all the time in our blood. Shaitan is there tempting us, tempting us. The closer you are to Allah Ta'ala, the more he will tempt you. Understand that. Mm. Every person has a shaitan with them all the time. Yeah. I've learned this in the courses that I've done last yeah. year, right? The, the the challenge is to fight your nafs, to fight shaitan. And sometimes you sit and think, is it my nafs or is it shaitan? Am I like, really that evil or is it just shaitan playing with me? Like Because yeah. you, you, you're going to sit and battle. You, yeah. You're going to play with your with your own head. That battle in, in your mind is the biggest, biggest, biggest thing you have to fight, right? Mm. Um, the closer you get to Allah Ta'ala, shaitan will push and push and push until shaitan realizes, no, but I can't get to, I can't get to this person. Mm. So how do you protect yourself? You protect yourself with your sunnah salahs, with your nafil salahs, with your Quran recitals, with your istighfar, your constant tasbihs. Because, okay, so let's say now shaitan comes to trouble me, right? Mm. And then I say today, for example, I'm going to go somewhere. 
where I'm not supposed to go. So now shaitan is infiltrating my istighfar. Then the next place is going to infiltrate is your nafil salahs. Mm. And then your sunnah salahs go, right? So before he gets to your first salahs, you need to say, no, 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 stop. I'm not doing this anymore. Retract, yeah. Yeah. And Allah loves us. Allah loves us because we repent. Allah yes. loves us because we are sinners. Allah says, you walk to me, I'll run to you, mm. you know? And we find that we do these things every day without even realizing we're saying something bad about someone. We do something bad. We, you know, we, we, we're always doing something that we're mm. not supposed to do. Uma, I'm sorry about that. Um, Let us go. Okay. Okay. So you, you'll find that the challenges get harder, but when you know for yourself, okay, now I'm feeling anxiety. I leave work and I go straight home to read Quran. Okay. When I feel like I'm overthinking, I get up, I go read Quran. If it's time for, you know, Asr between uh, Asr and Maghrib, you can't obviously do the Nafil Salahs, and that's the time I overthink the most. Mm. Quran. Quran okay. immediately. Istighfar while I'm driving. I, I, I'm trying my best, Safira. We're all going to try our best. Of course. Because we need that protection from Allah Ta'ala all the time. And I, it's like things just come to you, you know, like in, a, in a, like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. <laughs> things just come shooting at you from all sides. And it's like, 100%. It's, it's insane. Over to the restaurant industry. Mm. Um, you've been advocating for many years now, the eat halal, choose halal. Mm. And then I know that people do frequent halal restaurants. But there's this harsh criticism that's often leveled mm. at halal eating places. Mm. Can we talk about it? Can we talk about the halal restaurant industry in Johannesburg? Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. You, you tell me. What do you want me to tell you? What's the challenges from a consumer perspective? From a consumer perspective, they all look at us as local, maybe not so fancy, not so bougie, uh, not so delicious food. Mm. Look, there are restaurants that are not putting in a hundred percent effort, mm. and I I can say that because I go out a lot. Yes, you know the choose halal restaurants is my thing. I do every Tuesday when yes. I'm off. But the standard has improved immensely. Really? Okay. Um, regarding the quality of the food, I myself I can tell you we use the best of everything in every meal that we prepare. And everything mm. is fresh. It's always fresh. We don't do stuff frozen, and we're not dirty. And I think as a Muslim. And you catering for a halal guests. Mm. We are more conscious of cleanliness. We are yeah. more conscious of hygiene, our staff, ourselves. Uh, we don't allow haram food into our business. Mm. So with more halal restaurants coming out, the competition obviously has become bigger and the standard of food has improved. The surroundings have improved. The aesthetics have improved. Um, there's just a lot more to eat. Mm. And so people are upping the game. Mm. Everybody's leveling up, yeah. right? You still get a few dodgy places. Of course. I mean, it's... But I go to a restaurant, a halal restaurant. Mm. It's their off day. Yes. <laughs> you know, hyper every restaurant has it. The yes. fancy ones in Centon have it. Everybody yeah. has it. Something goes wrong with the service. Something goes mm. wrong with the food. Mm. I go to social media and I kick up a store. Don't do that. No, I'm, I'm giving her this hypothetical <laughs> yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me what happens to the restaurant in that moment. So I'm going to tell you my 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 side yeah. based on the fact that I'm not a franchise restaurant. Okay. I am a self-starter. Yes. Okay. I'm an entrepreneur. This is my vision. This is my, alhamdulillah, not mine. Allah has given me that creativity, right? As a franchise, you walk in, they train you, mm. they give you everything, they mm. set you up. All you need to do is be there. They train your staff and everybody goes on. If they have a bad day, the franchise sorts it out, mm. blah, 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 blah. You know, you damage control, everything goes yeah. on. As a self-employed restaurant owner, 
the struggle is so real. <laughs> it's like you, if you tell me, right, that something was wrong with my food, initially I have to get really upset. Really? Okay, because I'm also the chef. Yeah. There's very few restaurants where the chef is the restaurant owner. Mm. It's usually a restaurant owner and you have people working for you. I cannot afford to pay someone 20,000 rand a month. This is my own brand. Okay. Okay. So if I have a bad day with, with service, we usually give the customers a voucher or we we'll won't charge them. But we do have the customers that came there and performed and screamed. And I was like, please don't come back to my restaurant. You're not welcome here. I've done that already. Yes, you yes. know, like, don't be rude. Mm. Okay. There are instances on Facebook. Yesterday, I saw something where a person blasted a restaurant for their portions being small. Mm. So I say, go to the restaurant owner yeah. because they started something from their soul, from their heart. That is something you do. Not because I'm bored. Nobody gets up one day and from boredom and says, I'm going to open a restaurant. This is the only industry, the only industry in the whole entire world that you will never stop working yes. and you will always be broke. Okay. Okay. Unless you like in the leagues of uh, the bigger restaurants where you can charge phenomenal amounts and our Muslim people will complain. They complain on social media about everything, the portion size, the price, not understanding the amount of effort, the time that goes into every meal prep. We've got staff to pay. I mean, I'll be honest with you, my rental is 50,000 in a month. Okay. Do you know how much food I have to sell for 50,000 in a month? Yeah. It's a lot. It's right. And food um, prices are not cheap. No, the price of chickens went up about six or seven times since I opened. It's I'm crazy. open for two years. Yeah. Right? There is nothing, there's absolutely nothing that we can do to say, uh, okay, guys, we're going to make life easier for our customers. We need to make life easier for us as well. Mm. Our staff do have off days. You will get bad service, but like, don't put it in social media. Come mm. and tell us. We'll apologize. You know, I, I often give free desserts when my staff make mistakes, not because I want to bribe you, but because I'm saying sorry from my heart. I'm sorry. Here's something nice for you, for mm. your time and your effort and for whatever you did. It's not an easy, easy industry. Mm. It's really, really difficult. You on your feet. I mean, we're not in a position where we can afford like to have like, um, Two sets of staff. Yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. It's expensive, right? So we take one day off a week where we close and we don't have shifts. So I'm a full ladies team, full, yeah. full ladies team, yeah. right? So everything we do is ourselves. We start from nine in the morning. We finish at nine at night. We work 12 hours a day. Mm. Only women. There's no men in our team. Yeah. We don't have anyone carrying stuff for us and moving things around. We do everything ourselves. Mm. Um, so as much as we understand that the customer is paying Yes. For the service, for the meal, we do our best. And Alhamdulillah, look, I've been getting really good ratings. My food is consistent. But we do have off days. Mm. Everybody has off Everybody has off days. I mean, I, I'm j I just want to highlight this like mm. sense of entitlement where you having a bad experience, you want to go to social media and you just want to, sometimes you want to have your say, mm. okay, but it, it tarnishes the restaurant sometimes irreparably mm. and it can lead to mm. greater consequences. As you say, we have an, a country with an unemployment mm. problem, you employing a whole female team, mm. you need to support your the people mm. on your team. You mm. have to give them a, mm. a decent uh, salary so that they yes. can have a decent mm. um, standard of living. Mm. So be a little bit cognizant when you are visiting places. Because if you go reviewing. to the fancy places in restaurant, I'm quite frankly, I've never seen uh, anybody eat up a fuss like a Muslim person or, an, uh, uh, you know, like a, anybody for that matter, hit mm. up a fuss in a fancy restaurant because they'll be too embarrassed about people or what people would say. Mm. But then you come to a Muslim restaurant and you think you can just come there and say what you want, do what you want. Firstly, you are a Muslim, even mm. if you are not a Muslim, okay? I find that the non-Muslim people are actually kinder than the Muslim people. Okay, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, 
you know, there's a way you talk to people. And I've, and I've learned, I've learned respect. I mean, I wasn't the nicest person in the world. I'm probably not the nicest person in the world, but I've learned to understand that people are having off days. Be kind. Mm. You know, uh, today maybe my masala wasn't like it was yesterday. It's because I use fresh ingredients. I'm sorry. It's never going to taste the same. Mm-hmm. Come there to love my food. Come there to love my experience, but don't come there to bash me. Yes. And that's what's happening to a lot of restaurants. Now, remember also, I'm a female. Mm. I don't have a boys club. Mm. I can't go to my friends and say, all of you invest in my business. Okay. We don't have that. We don't have women's clubs. Yeah. Okay. So I am, in, I am self-funding this entire restaurant, chai and chow concept. Yeah. And it's expensive. Very. I don't have a life. Mm. Okay. Because everything I have goes into this business. My children have to say to me, mommy, like we need stuff, you know, yeah. for me to be aware of the fact that we need stuff in the house because I'm never there. Yeah. Right. So we're putting in every, it's money, it's time, it's passion, it's your creativity. Even the sauce you make is your own. Yeah. Every meal that you create is your own because no one came there and gave you a manual and say, here you are, start a restaurant, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, do this. No, no, no. Everything is your own. It's, it's your own. Everything comes. And that, obviously, that inspiration, that motivation comes from Allah. There were times when I had dreams about recipes. I made it the next day and it went on the rece- on the menu. I'm not even joking. My pimento sauce was a dream, okay? Okay. It was a dream and Allah gave it to me and it's delicious, right? Yeah. But, like, we have to be fair in this industry. We need to eat at halal restaurants because 20 years ago we had no, like, very few, yeah. maybe one or two, and there were no options for us. So we had to be surrounded by alcohol and pork and whatever, whatever. And we didn't understand why we couldn't eat at those restaurants and we justified it and said, no, we can eat there because there's nothing else to eat and it's semi-halal or halal friendly. I'm telling you contamination is real because I have vegetarian customers. I have Hindu customers. I have vegan customers. And we use a different spoon for every dish because every dish is prepared fresh. The one day I said to my the lady working there, which spoon did you use? Because now there's three spoons next to each other. And she's like, I don't know. Mm. And I obviously eat up a fuss. I was yeah. like, you can't do this. But not everyone is as aware as I am. Mm. Contamination is real. My mom came in one day and she didn't understand that my chips is, my chips oil is just chips. Okay. So when she was hungry, so she put the samosas in the chips oil. And I said, mom, I have vegetarian customers. You can't do that. Yeah. So we don't, we obviously don't do that. Um, so contamination is real. Like I'm in a hurry sometimes. So and there's I'll, no such thing as halal friendly. No, no, no. Because I will use that same knife to cut this and that. Yeah. Um, there's oftentimes I went out to eat and I'm severely allergic to Evo. Mm. If you touch the Evo knife on my potato, for example, I will get sick. Oh. And how did I know that you used an Evo? Yes. Because I got sick when I got home and you, yeah. you like touched an Evo with it because there's certain symptoms I have. Yeah. So contamination is very real. Um, you can say uh, we use a separate burner for, for our meat and our chicken. Hey man, when you're in Ari and that customer wants that food, the food needs to get done. You, do you understand? Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, not everyone is as disciplined as I am with my stuff. I'm like on them like 24-7 and not everyone is like that. I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm the restaurant owner. I'm the chef. Yeah. Not every restaurant has that. So halal is a very important thing. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. Back to chai. Best cup mm-hmm. of chai you've ever drunk. My own, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> but moment, a moment. Um, No, I'm not somebody that can choose one moment. I would probably have to choose like a whole lot of moments um, when we met yeah. we had a cup of chai yes a couple other friends I met we sat down and had a cup of chai those cold days standing in the pop-ups having chai with my pop-up friends the whisking the whisking I love the whisking the whisking uh, is the you should try it it's very like relieving like stress relief really mm. 
like you get lost in the in the circles and you get lost in the motion and you're just like i don't care what anybody says i'm just going to do this it's 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 lovely it's actually wonderful um you just switch off yeah no? so there's not like a one single chai moment but many 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 i've had a good many many perfect cups of chai because it's all about love it's not just the ingredients Talking about love, mm. as somebody who's got their heart broken many times, <laughs> many times. Yeah, I got a medal for that one. Can 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 chai heal a broken heart, or what else heals a broken heart? Only Allah heals a broken heart. Chai is an instrument. Crying is a a means. Afia comes from Allah. I've realized that because even after my divorce, uh, I'll be very very honest with you. I felt that my my love for Abu didn't go away. My previous husbands as well. Mm. You you share a life with someone, of you know, course. and I've got like like a few ex-husbands <laughs> with bad experiences, yeah. but uh when you take responsibility and accountability for what you've done mm. and what you've said and with me mostly it's my rude mouth because I'm busy, I'm always busy and then you're like in my space and I'm like just go away, I'm busy, you know. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, people people are sensitive and I not I wasn't aware that I was being insensitive. Mm. So so then what happens afterwards is worse than the actual divorce. Really? Because now you start thinking, I should have done this. I should have done that. Maybe I should have been less busy. Maybe I should have not said that. Maybe I should have been a little bit more sensitive. I should have been more loving. I should have been a better wife. Because I know what to do. Allah, Allah teaches us. We know how to be kind. Yes. We know what to do. We know as women what is in us. Mm. It's it's just in us. Mm. It's not something that's forced. And yeah. when you love someone, it should be easy. It should be something that flows. It I shouldn't, love that. When you know, you love somebody, it should be, it should easy. be easy. You know, nothing should be difficult. Nothing should be like pulling your soul out. Unfortunately, I was not in the right marriage and we didn't have that understanding that I'm having a bad day back off. I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but it hurts his feelings. Mm. You know, things got said, things got done. Things got really done. <laughs> but, when you introspect, Allah wants me up. Yeah. Okay, that wasn't my life partner. Mm-hmm. I had to go through a few <laughs> yeah. to get to where I am now, yeah. to have that understanding that Allah made me and you different. He made you strong in certain ways. He made me strong in certain ways. And as strong as I am, every relationship broke me. And mm-hmm. I turned to Allah. And Is it true what they say? Allah breaks your heart. Constantly when you love things that are not here. Yeah. If you love something more than Allah, He will take that away from you. He will break you. He will take it away from you. Oh, that's that's scary. And um, I've, it's not just my kids. Mm. It's my businesses. Uh, I'm Not just my husband. It's my kids, my businesses. You know, uh, I had to learn a few years ago what heartache from your children. Mm. Uh, when my children said to me, we're going to go to my daddy. Mm. We don't want to stay here by you anymore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was my first two kids. Yeah. It broke me. Yeah. And I, and I still thought, oh, I'm going to cry now. And then I still thought like, yalla, why is this happening? Yes. And I was like every other mother, probably just like you, my children are everything. Mm. My children are everything. And I had to learn that children are your amana. Mm. They are not yours. They were given to you by Allah to take care of them. Yeah. And then they move on with life. So we get so attached to our kids and we think my kids are my everything. Yeah. So the minute they do something, your heart gets broken. And I'm, oh, well, I'm not getting up every day for you. I'm getting up every day t- for these children. Mm. Oh, well, I'm not getting up every day to work so I can, you know, 
for your for your pleasure to provide for my kids to provide a good life to you know to be of service to worship you no Allah I'm just doing this because I need to do this for my children and my children mustn't look bad and my children must do well at school my children must be the greatest things that ever lived so you learn also that lesson that hey back off a little bit mm. Allah is more important Allah is everything it's not more important Allah is most important most important most most mm. most important yeah Allah for your pleasure I'm taking care of these kids everything changes mm. Yeah, love. Mindset. Mindset changes. Yeah, yeah, love. For your pleasure, I'll wake up today and I'll go to work because I know I need to work to live in this dunya. Yeah. Uh, you gave me the amana to take care of all of my staff. It's a big responsibility. For your pleasure, yeah, love. I will do it because it's going to bring me closer to you. And when you're like stressing and you don't have money and you're making the dua and Allah wants that dua, so what's he going to do? You're going to be in that situation until Allah gets you to the point where you can, even during your good times, still pray on the same level. And I'm not there yet. Hmm. I'm not there yet. Would you ever be in a place to open your heart again to love? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I actually posted something today yes. on Instagram. It's in a little pink. I can't remember yeah. the exact words. And it's, it's, Yala, thank you for the hardships. Yeah. But thank you for not letting me be hard, for keeping oh. me soft, for allowing me to forgive. Oh, that's beautiful. I make an effort to ask for forgiveness for myself. And for the people that have hurt me and the people that I've hurt. Because none, none of us are innocent. As innocent as we look, and we look so great and wonderful, you don't know me. Yeah. You don't live with me. Yeah. I've not hurt you. Of Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Um, and every one of us gets hurt differently. So uh, I, I thank Allah and I'm grateful that Allah has given me hidayat enough to realize what I did. Mm. To realize what I said. And that's, that's the difficult part. And in this whole journey, it's always... They did me wrong. They did yes. me wrong. But when you have to sit and say, what did I do? Mm. How did I not fulfill somebody's rights? It's hard. It's hard. Hey. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Because then you're sitting there and you're like, you, and then sometimes you're like, you're praying and you're reading Tajit and you start, you're like, yeah, Allah, I'm so sorry for that thing I did to that person. Mm. Like, how did I even get there? Like, I didn't even realize. Yeah. But also, you see, when you get closer to Allah and you're reading istighfar, you know, Allah lightens your burden and mm-hmm. takes away your sins. Your heart becomes cleaner. When your heart becomes cleaner, your heart starts getting polished. Yeah. And uh, part of the course I did was studying Imam Ghazali's book, right? Yeah. So your heart is like a mirror. Mm-hmm. So whatever you are exposed to will reflect off your heart. So how you polish your heart is through zikr and Quran, mm-hmm. right? You have to do a lot of that okay. to get to a point where Allah starts showing you where you are wrong, where you are right. And we are very seldom right. Mm. We are mostly wrong. And you start seeing people for what they are, but you for yourself, what you are. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I'm at that point now, like I understand, like in the past, I needed to, I, I didn't need to get married, but I got married because it was fun and I needed a partner yeah. and it was lovely to have a husband. And like I always said, I don't need your money, but I need your company. Yeah. But you know what? Allah didn't make us to be alone. Yes. Allah made us to be Appear with someone, in my case, with some few, but... <laughs> I, the fundamentals I, of human journey is companionship. Co- correct, because you, your husband gives you comfort, you give your husband comfort. Your husband 100%. gives you financial security. And it's something your children can't give you, your sisters can't Nothing. give you, no one. Your, your mom can't give you, your dad can't give you. That companionship is, I think, one of the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. Of course. But it comes with challenges. That comfort, that love, yeah. that, that you feel, that security. Like I'm telling you now, what I must is the security of being married. Mm. Not, I won't get married for that reason. Yes. 
But Allah has given me insight enough to understand. Because now we used to read it in the books, yes, right? Yes, yes. But now I fully understand the concept of mahram, yes. the concept of husband, mm-hmm. the concept of rights, duties, responsibilities, right? And I'm at that point where I'm like, hey, I can be a really good wife because like now I know what not to do. Yeah. And I've been through all of this bad stuff to know what not to do. Yeah. You know? So like, I'm okay. I'm happy. I'm healing. Allah is helping me to heal. Afia, I, I beg for every day. And I don't want to be alone. Allah didn't create human beings to be alone. Allah didn't create a woman especially to be alone. In the past, I used to travel alone. I used to go on holiday alone. I used to go to different countries. I I went to Durban uh, last month and I got edgy because I didn't have a mahram. Even though I stayed with my cousin, Mm -hmm. I felt, okay, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. I went home. Yeah. Right? Um, So I understand it now. And like I would like to go be a Hajj volunteer, inshallah. Inshallah. But I can't because I don't have a mahram. Yeah. And and some people say, but you can travel alone. I'm like, but I won't do it. Be a Hajj volunteer this year. So you can guide me. Oh, I mean, I hope Allah allows that. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask the Chai Queen. Mm. How do you make the perfect cup of chai? Experience. (laughs) Bismillah rahman rahim beginning with. Yes. You have to have the right tea. Mm. Please, you can't use like a floaty. Please, no dishwasher. No. Your, 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 so we have an exact volume of milk to water ratio. Okay. We, we use specific measuring spoons for our tea, for our spices, for our sugar. Uh, condensed milk and dessert cream is from a can, so that's easy enough because, you know, I add that to my What's chai. What's the ideal spices for chai? So, um, so karak has more elachi. Okay. Chai is more spicy. Okay. Chai will have more ginger. A little bit of cinnamon, black pepper. Some people put cloves. Mm. I don't. Um, I forgot the name of the other one, but we use it a lot. The brown one. It smells so strong and it's very strong. The one we use in the bechamel sauce. Oh, nutmeg. Nutmeg. Yeah. I always forget nutmeg. Yeah. But nutmeg is there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. A little bit, like a pinch, pinch, pinch. Small, yeah. small little bit. Uh, uh, so depending on, like for me with my customers, like if they're older, they want less alachi. Okay. And the younger, they want more elachi. Okay. I uh, love you, 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 like, you, you just learn. <laughs> you see what I'm saying. You, you learn your customers and it comes with experience. Like, uh, and then that whisking. The whisking thing, apparently, is I'm the only one who does it. Okay. Right? So People you use the chai. Yes. So, okay. so for me, it's like, okay, the water goes in first. Yes. Before it starts boiling, mm. the tea has to go in with the spices. Loose leaf tea. Loose leaf tea. Okay. okay we don't, we, we actually tear the bags open yeah. when we don't get loose leaf tea. Okay. So, so, so there's a brewing. That happens oh. from when the water gets to a boiling point. Okay. It's all about science here, right? Yeah. So then the color starts changing yes. and the flavors start getting released. And then only I add my milk. A lot of people put the milk before the the, the spices mm. are. It, it just tastes different. Okay? Yes. So once the tea is in and then you start seeing your spices like moving around and the color starts changing, now you add the, the milk. No, before I do the milk, I do the condensed milk and the dessert cream. So before I add the milk, I actually whisk the condensed milk and dessert cream because you know when it comes out of the can it gets like a weird yes, yes. thing, right? So if you whisk congealed, it, yeah. yeah. If you whisk it before the milk, then you don't have the crumbly bits. <sighs> okay. If you whisk it afterwards, you're gonna have crumbly bits. Yeah. You know that cream hanging on the top. Mm. So once that starts boiling and you're like whisk, 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 uh, I have strong arms. Yeah. Then you the last, 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 you put the milk in, put it on a low heat, close your pot. Then you'll start seeing that the color will also change. Oh. It needs to like have like a subtle brew. So a smaller pot takes you like three minutes to make. Yes. Now I make the big pot. Of so course. that takes me about 30 minutes. Yeah. But when I make it and my staff make it, it's different. We follow the same recipe, but uh, they don't, they don't, you know, they don't listen to me. <laughs> no one listens to me. Like they should know, like I I'm know the stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I tell them like, guys, close the lid, 
put it on a low heat now, you know, let it like just simmer for a little bit and then reopen it and you see the difference in the color. They're just not getting it. So what you're saying is that a good cup of tea needs patience, patience. and routine. And Allah loves patience. And Allah loves patience. Mm. And discipline. And the best accompaniment for that cup of tea? It's usually a biscuit, eh? Of course. Always a biscuit. Samosas your, and tea. Samosas? Samosas. Yeah, okay. What's your favorite though? I do, you know, I do black tea, but you brewed, yeah. you brew the black tea for me yes. with, with the spices. Yeah. I definitely think samosas, a biscuit or two, mm. and good company. Yes. There is nothing worse than drinking this really good cup of tea. By yourself. By yourself. It's depressing. It is. So recently, with all of my stress, I've been drinking more coffee. Okay. You know, the other C word that I hate yes. so much. But when I'm at home with my son and I'm like, so, so please make me a cup of tea because he sits with me and he has the tea with me. You're right. You have absolutely right. It's it's a ritual. It's a ritual. It's a ritual of conversation mm. and just reflecting mm. and sitting down and having that cup of tea. It's a most comforting feeling, like you're getting a hug in a mug. Yes, <laughs> in a mug. In a mug. Fasana, <laughs> what what are we expecting to see from you next few months, next year? Congratulations on your new page. It's very very well timed. Love it. I was uh, having a tear or two before. Really? Yeah, I was looking at some of the posts. Very lovely posts. I didn't, I didn't plan it. Yeah. Uh, I just got up and I'm telling you something speaks to me, right? <laughs> this is no wooly lose or anything, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, I feel like my connection with Allah is so strong these days that sometimes I have to question, am I doing right or wrong? Is this from Allah? Is this from Shaitan? What am I doing? I have to question myself. I need mm. a lot of istikhara, you know, like to make sure I'm not doing can, anything wrong. Can I just say that mm. I can feel your connection to Allah? With you in the studio. I, I've met you 2011, mm. uh, 2021, first time. Before that, we met, like, yes, just in yeah, passing. But, yeah. you know, just having proper conversation mm. and, and chatting. And that person and this person is worlds apart for me. Oh, Alhamdulillah, Subhanallah. That's like... I can feel like this uh, mood radiating I love you. you. <laughs> I love you too. I really no, do. No, man. You know, we, we try to keep ourselves... It's so wonderful to see somebody bloom. I know with all the difficulty and it hasn't been easy for you and Mm. it's been a rough couple of years, but you, you in a, you in a good space. Am I? I can see it. Inshallah, I'll feel it the way you feel it. I mean, well, you know, like, uh, I constantly doubt myself. Uh, We all do. We all do. Yeah. Um, the more people tell me, Zana, you have so much nude on your face. And I'm like, maybe it's just the facial I went for. Like, I don't see what you see. You're radiating contentment. That's what it is. There's peace. less, there's less stress, anxiety. Yeah. There's less I'm of seeing, that worry, I'm worry, worry. somebody at peace. Yeah. And it's making me feel like maybe her, she's come at a right point for me mm. that I can be this person next year that I see in front I of mean, me. When you're making your tawaf, remember you can ask for anything. Yes. I asked for peace. I asked Allah that I can lose weight and have good skin. I asked for peace again. I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> and I did lose weight. Yes. And Alhamdulillah, my skin is much better. Because once you're getting to 50s, it's menopause and your skin gets really bad. I asked for Allah for Shifa. I asked for Allah for Afia. I asked Allah uh, the husband thing. Mm-hmm. And that came along and Allah gave me my answers. Whatever I asked for, Allah gave me. Mm-hmm. I wanted knickknacks on Hajj. And I got my knickknacks. I was craving knickknacks in Mina. I got my knickknacks. Anything you wish for, if Allah doesn't give it to you then... You'll get it by the time you come home. Subhanallah. You will. Thank you so much for joining me. You actually put my heart at ease. I'm glad to be Anything here. else you want to add? Uh, you know, I know, Safira, I just wish you and all the who charge, the sis who charge, the best, best, best experience. Inshallah. May you yeah. have very little or zero challenges. I mean. Please don't get angry when things don't go your way. Mm-hmm. You'll be hungry when you are uh, in, on the camp. You'll be tired. You'll be thirsty. 
we ran out of water last year, <laughs> but that wasn't done intentionally, you know. <laughs> the buses were late. You can get angry and start fighting with someone and come back and regret it. You know, you got to pay them as well, right? Yes. You can go like lost cop there yeah. and just lose your stuff. Yeah. Uh, then you have to repent for it. But you can sit there and say, but I'm here now and let me make the best of the crappy situation that I'm in, if you are. And yeah. inshallah, you guys will not be in a crappy situation. Amen. I make dua that every couple that goes does not fight with their spouse. Amen. And you have the perfect honeymoon type hajj. I mean. The best bonding experience because it really is a bonding experience. I know that I'm not married to Abu anymore, but I have this bond with him. He's my husband that I will cherish for the rest of my life. Amen. He took care of me. He was there for me. May you meet the most amazing people on, on Hajj, people that are helpful, that are the same, on the same vibe as you, Amen. that you will be friends with when you come back. May you eat the best food. Please eat in Azizia. Eat everything in Azizia. The street food is unbelievable. It's just amazing. There's like two real burgers and five real shawamas and stuff. Like, eat the food, okay? Don't be OCD. Eat the food. Okay. I, There's so many wonderful things you're going to experience, and I hope that you document it. I did well. not document mine. Lucky I took photos and videos. Mm. Please. Record everything mm -hmm. because you're going to regret not taking that selfie with that lady that sat next to you in the camp because you won't remember her name. Okay. Take those photos. Take those videos. We have cameras. We can mm -hmm. use it. When you're feeling tired and you're feeling lost and alone, just say, Ya Allah, you got me. You got me. And you'll be fine. Mantra Fudge. Yeah. I love you. Thank I you for joining too. me on this episode. It was lovely chatting to you. I would love to get feedback from our listeners on restaurant, hajj experiences, whatever it is. And you guys can send any queries to my email, Zana. We'll chat again soon. Inshallah. Amin. Until then, you take care. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.